Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All the things that people will say when intoxicated by a Super Bowl win and various legal beverages. That was the aftermath of the boat parade just about a week and a half ago after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And what we're going to do over the course of the next two weeks, one day at a time while Sims is here, because even though he had last week off, he's still only working four days this week. We're going to go division (laughs) by division, taking a look at where things go for the various teams in those divisions moving forward. And we're going to start with the division that now has the Lombardi Trophy in it, thanks to the Buccaneers' win 15 days ago over the Kansas City Chiefs. What will they be doing? What do they need to do? And where will this go? That's going to be the focus point of uh, most of this hour. We'll have a draft based on the NFC South as well, Chris. And, you know, the, the Buccaneers, although names will be linked to them, like a J.J. Watt and others on the outside, Peter King made a great point last week, It's hard to bring in anyone else when you've got a bunch of names of players that you're leading them and others to believe you're bringing those guys back. You can't let them go and then go sign someone else. You got to do everything you can to keep the guys that you have and to hold your team together. And that seems like that's objective number one for the Buccaneers this year. Bring the band back together for another run at a second Super Bowl win. It definitely does. they're 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 stacked. I mean, they're stacked. Jason Light has done an unbelievable job. It's hard to look at their team and their roster and look at a spot and you just don't go, it's awesome. It's awesome. You just go, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, they have some tough decisions, but I understand that's in a lot of ways, you know, we always use that kind of that phrase like if you're not, you know, if you're not getting, you know, getting better, you're getting worse or uh it, you know, I'm, I'm bumbling it. Whatever. Either way. My point is. The team, no, you got it right. I did you got it right, right. right. I don't know why I didn't don't sound draw, right. Don't draw, don't draw a concrete line in the sand. Okay, I won't do that. All right. You got it right. I got it right. Damn, I got it right. See, it doesn't even feel right when I get it right. That's what's weird. <laughs> uh, but, 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 like, they don't need much outside help of anything. If they can just re-sign their free agents, you just look at them and go, okay, here they go. They're the most talented team in the sport. They really are. I mean, we never really doubted their talent. We just wondered if they could get it all together and play as a team and and unify that way and get on the same page with Brady and all of that. So I understand it, and I don't think they should really look into free agency a whole lot until they exhaust all these options as far as figuring out who to sign You know, as far as their own free agents are concerned. Bruce Arians said a couple of times last week, this was something that was noticed by the folks at JoeBucksFan.com, that they need to sign five out of six 
of their free agents. Well, we saw the graphic. Put it back up, please. Yes. There's seven names there, plus kicker Ryan Suckup, who apparently doesn't merit being added to the graphic. But there are eight, truly, if you include him. Who are the five of six? Who are the six and who are the five? And that implies that one or two of these guys or one of these guys plus Suckup aren't even going to be attempted to be re-signed. Right. And, and, and that's the challenge, cracking that code on who the guy is that they're willing to let walk away. And I know that Arians has said Chris Godwin will be back, but Chris, I just think that's the easiest guy to let go because he's going to get offered something that exceeds what the Buccaneers can do, especially since they're paying Mike Evans. Yep. And all you do is bump up Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and and you can then maybe get a bargain basement veteran who helps fill that gap, who can't find work somewhere else at the kind of, of dollars that he thinks he deserves. So he'll join up with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for a year, maybe win a Super Bowl and get paid next year. I think Godwin, not that it's going to be easy to let him go. I just think that's the easiest one to flag as a guy they're not going to be able to afford. Uh, I 100% agree. One, I think his price tag is going to be, it's up there. It's going to be high. It's going to be towards, you know, the top receivers in football. He's a damn good player. So that that is certainly a guy I look at that I think, yes, they're going to have a hard time re-signing him. And to your point, they got a lot of good receivers. They're pretty talented at that position. They got young guys to fill the void. So I would expect that to be a tough one. Hey, the other guy I'll look at, and you know, I'm a big fan of this guy, Leonard Fournette. I would, if you made me bet money on another guy that won't be on there, it would be him. I'm a believer in Leonard Fournette. Anybody, I got in big arguments to start the year when he was a free agent out of Jacksonville. I was like, people were killing me on social media. I was like, Leonard Fournette is a hell of a player. Uh, but what kind of you know price tag is he going to command on the open market, let alone we know he is a violent runner. And he is the type of guy sometimes I worry about in the NFL where you go, it could fall off in a hurry. He certainly can get injured. They have Ronald Jones, and we know – that it's not necessarily really, really hard to find running backs in the draft that can help your football team in a lot of ways. So those are two right off the bat that I look at and go, I don't think it's crazy to think they won't be there, and nor do I think it's going to really affect their football team if they're not there. Yeah, I like both of them, and it's no disrespect to Chris Godwin or Fournette. I'm big fans, but yes, because of the circumstances and the way their team's built, uh, they could survive without them. And think about, number one, the fact that Fournette showcased his skills in the postseason, yep. playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny, more rushing yards in the four postseason games than he had all season long, and the reality that you can replace him yeah. through the draft or through an undrafted free agent, and you still have Ronald Jones. All it takes is one team to say, we think Leonard Fournette can be our bell cow. Right. You're going to get an offer for Leonard Fournette, the Buccaneers aren't even going to blink at. There's no way they're going to be able to come close to it. And and even if it's just market value for a guy who's going to share the load, it's going to be more than what the Buccaneers can pay. So I agree with you. Unless Fournette is willing to take less, and 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 why? Why look? What, what's I, I understand that everybody gets caught up in all the good feelings and all that. But once you get the benefit of time and distance, you start realizing at the end of the day, this is a business. And Leonard Fournette has his Super Bowl ring. That's right. He's had his Super Bowl experience. Right. And now the question becomes, where can I get more money for me and my family and my exactly. future? Because this is a violent sport that's going to leave my body banged up and it's going to leave me wondering what kind of damage I have long term cognitively. I need to get as much as I can for the efforts and the sacrifices and the risks I'm taking. It's very easy to justify it. This is not college. This is not high school. This is professional for a reason. And the individuals need to view themselves as individual businesses. And uh, somebody's going to offer Leonard Fournette more than the Buccaneers are going to be able to pay. I period. would think so. And he Agreed. needs to think seriously about taking that. And understanding the team may not be as good. Yeah. The circumstances may not be as good. But the paycheck's going to look a hell of a lot better than what it would be if he stays with the Bucks. That's right. I mean, at that position, you never know how long your career can last. I mean, you don't. you got to capitalize. If there's any position that's got to be selfish and think about themselves, it is the running back position, and it is Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette, listen, he wasted a lot of good years on a team that was crap. I don't know any other way to say it. And you know they had a quarterback that couldn't throw the football. 
So he just, you know, he is a, a car crash runner and he is a tank. But even for a tank, it's hard to get a lot of yards in those first few years of his career when all the other tanks are right at the line of scrimmage because nobody's worried about the passing game. So he wasted a lot of a lot of valuable miles and took a lot of unnecessary hits and pounding because of that. So I'm with you there all the way. Now, the other one I'll, like, flip around now. Let's just go to the defensive side, if you don't mind. Like, the two, and, and again, if Kristen, if you want to put up the list again, just as far as, because we talked about Godwin and Fournette, right, being the two guys we go, ah, eh, I don't know, on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I think it comes to two guys once again, because I expect Antonio Brown, Gronkowski to be back. But the Levante David and Dominican Sue, that's the next two I would look at. You know, first off, they're going to have to pay Devin White to be the highest paid linebacker in NFL history probably in another year. I would think he's a superstar. He's the best defense, he's the best player on their defense for my money. That's who I would pick. And then you got Sue with in this year you've already set up like you talked about it, $182 million salary cap. How much money is he going to demand? And you know, Shaquille Barrett's got to be a priority. He's a top-tier pass rusher. He is the kind of guy that can win you games in Green Bay or in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and make those few plays to go, hey, we beat these quarterbacks. How the hell did we do that? So I would think they keep him. But Sue and David are the ones I look at to go, are they going to be around? They got Vita, Vita Vea. They got JPP. They got Shaquille Barrett. How much money can you throw in that D-line? How much more money can you throw into the front seven in general? And those are the two I think I'd have my eye on. Well, Barrett was tagged last year. Right. He'd be entitled to $18.99 million under the tag this year. He said last week that it's time for him to break the bank. He yeah. wants a long-term deal. And if you give him a long-term deal, it's very easy to knock that cap number of $18.99 million down, which would make it easier for the Buccaneers to otherwise do business. The challenge is going to be coming up with a fair long-term deal with 18.99 for 2021 as the starting point because that's typically how franchise tag deals are done long-term. The first year plus some sort of a premium for the next year, both years fully guaranteed, and then everything plays out beyond that where it becomes a year-to-year -year thing where the team will continue the relationship as long as the player is playing at a high level, but you break the bank with the first two years of the deal. You know, if you're starting at 18.99, throwing another 2021 for next year, you're looking at 40 million fully guaranteed at signing. It's going to take something like that yeah. to keep Barrett. Right. And I get the impression you think Barrett is the guy who stands out as the most important of the three to keep. If it, if Barrett's one in uh, that that hierarchy of Barrett and Sue and David, who's number two and who's number three? Oof. I. Man, that that that's that's a tough one. Barrett is certainly one. Bar Barrett is that guy, I and mean, Barrett's the guy that can you know command double teams, make those plays like we talked about. He is a top tier pass rusher in football. Let alone he plays the run and does all of those other things. Man, Sue and David, they're 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 both at a similar part of their career. You know, I would say David is a hair more special than Sue at this point of his career. You know, linebackers. With all the different offenses and the tight ends and the running backs and, and how multiple offenses are, they're very valuable right now in football. And really, you look at the best defenses in football, more times than not, they got like studs at middle linebacker. That's, that's what they do. It allows them to make so many matchup adjustments. So I'll give David the advantage there a little bit over a guy like Sue, who, again, not a superstar anymore, but still a really damn good player. I mean, is disruptive holds his ground and double teams. I mean, there's certainly nothing negative there, but I think if you made me choose, I'd probably go David there. You know, and the fact that, you know, Vita Vea is there, and I think Vita Vea is a really, really special football player. If he could stay healthy, he is like one of those guys, Mike, that we could put up there, the F the play up kings of the world too uh, here real soon. And I would think they got to think about him down the future here at some point too. So, yeah, I'll go David as far as uh, second on that that pecking that pecking order there. The the problem with David, as you mentioned, Devin White is going to have to get paid at some point. It's a lot of money to invest right. in the second layer of the defense, and and I think that David is a guy more likely to be targeted by another team that is just looking to disrupt the Buccaneers. 
and let's go ahead and pay David. Let's offer him a bunch of money. We can justify it because this, this, this. But at some level, it's also, hey, we get him off the Bucks, and maybe the Bucks aren't as good next year as they otherwise would be. That's how David could cash in. Right place, right time, right skill set, and wrong level of defense with Devin White on track to get paid. With Sue, I'm fascinated by the fact that I don't think someone else is going to offer him more than what the Bucks would offer. I think the question is, is it enough money to get him to do it again? Yes, I think it's Bucks right. or retirement hmm. for Sue. You could be right. I mean, he certainly made a ton of money. You know, I, I don't think – I'll say this. I don't know about the retirement aspect, but I, I would agree with you in that I don't think he's just going to go play for anybody for, like, a, you know, money. I, I think that's, that's gone. Yeah, one of the better teams in football calls him up and he thinks, okay, we can make a playoff run and maybe go to the Super Bowl. I think that would interest him at this point of his career. That's about it. So uh, I'm with you there. That, 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 that'll be something to watch for. You know, the other thing you got to take into account, too, they do have a guy like William Golston, who's a very good football player. You know, they got good D linemen. So they don't need to spend a ton of money on that position. I'm sure Sue realizes that. But really, like, I, I challenge you. You know, you, you look at this roster, and it, it's a great blend of young and old, and you just don't look at any one place to go, oh, wow, they're really old. They got to start thinking about refreshing this position or doing any of that. I mean, the secondary – the secondary is is not even at its peak yet. They're going to be special. They're going to be better next year. They will be. You know, the offensive line, the way they're set up, it's really damn good. So they're in a, in a power position. And right now, I just look at it, anything they do is kind of like icing on the cake for the most part if they can keep the majority of these guys in free agency. I could envision Ndamukong Sue just not signing with anyone and just waiting. I mean, yeah, he's always been right. a guy who loves to work out on his own, stay in shape, and just wait and see how September, October, and maybe into November shake out. And, hey, if everything's going well with the Bucks, maybe you come back to the Bucks. If there's another team out there that looks to be headed in the right direction, maybe you go to them. All it takes is an injury. And right. all of a sudden, there's a need for Ndamukong Sue, and he can get more money that way. It wouldn't surprise me if he just decides, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see. And, uh, you know, he's always been a guy who I think makes his decisions fairly later in the offseason as well. There's just no, there's no compelling need for him to do it. He doesn't need the money. He's done very well off the field. Remember, he he was befriended by Warren Buffett, so he's been investing well. Yeah. He just There's a point where, as a player, you have to ask yourself, is it worth all the crap I put myself through to do it again? And I think for Sue, that's the, the pass-fail here. And it's not going to be some other team. It's just going to be playing at all, especially in a year with a depressed salary cap. He could also just decide to take a year off, yeah. come back next year. Right. Just come back next year and make more money when the cap goes up. Um, let's, let's stay in the division. Yeah. Let's focus to the team that actually won the division, NFC South champion. They got the T-shirt and the hat. Bucks got the trophy. But the Saints won the division, and they are in the midst of a major upheaval. Remember, Sean Payton told us almost three weeks ago, It'll be a week, week and a half. They get an announcement from Drew Brees. Well, I did the math. It's past that. We're past. Yeah. We're past that. But when Brees redid his contract to just give up $24 million with nothing in return, that was one move only. That was the retirement move to give the team more cap space so they can navigate this, this pre-June period with a low number for Brees. He'll officially, officially hit the books as retired after June 1. That pushes cap numbers into next year as well. That makes it easier for them to move on. The reckoning for Drew Brees is less than it would have been, but it made it clear in that moment when he redid that contract, he's done. I don't know what they're waiting for. Well, that's what I'm going to say. Are you concerned I that you're not? I mean, you're sure? No. I mean, that's where I'm like a little bit like, what, what's going on? What's taking so long? No. no, because when he redid that contract, he went from $25 million down to the minimum this year. That was all about making his cap number easier to digest by the Saints in his retirement. That reckoning was always going to be there, just like the reckoning that the Steelers are going to yeah, take this year, right. $22.25 for Ben Roethlisberger. When you kick the can, those dollars don't evaporate. They go into future years. At some point, the player's not going to be there, but a cap number will be there. Last year, the Patriots had $13 million under Tom Brady's name. I mean, there's always that last, that first year, after the guys last year where you have to take that hit. 
The, the Saints have figured out how to spread it over two, but it's all premised on this ridiculous reduction in salary. There's no way he's going to play. And it's just a matter of when when it gets announced. And I'll, again, I don't know what they're waiting for. Last week would have been a good week to do it because nothing was really going on. This week's a good week to do it. There isn't going to be a whole lot going on as we get closer and closer to the start of the new league year. We're just beyond the point that that Peyton led us to believe we were going to know something, which is causing some people to wonder what's up. Bree's name just spontaneously started trending on Friday because people were like, what the hell is Drew Bree's doing? Yeah, right. Why don't we know what he's doing? And, and I guess until he officially retires, there's a chance that he won't. But I'd be stunned at this point if he'd decide, hey, I, you know what? I'll play for a million dollars this year. I, ju- I just don't I don't see that happening. I, I mean, I, I don't think so either. I, I do find it a little curious that, you know, we haven't heard a little more or that that's not happened, you know, hasn't had an, had an announcement yet, anything like that. Um, so that is the first thing, of course, they got to figure out. I mean, let, first off, I think the first thing we say is, like the Bucks, there ain't many holes on this football team either. I mean – you could argue that, you know, in a lot of ways, listen, it was 20 to 10. They're driving. You know, they were definitely one of the best teams in football. You could certainly argue the Bucs and the Saints are the two best teams in football. If somebody said that to me, I would go, I got no problem with that. That's not crazy. That's about the way I see it. I, I really do. So there's not a lot there. I think the first thing you talk about with the Saints is just, yeah, the quarterback, what are they going to do with that? that position? And then how are they going to formulate around him? That's the first thing I look at. There's no, like – huge free agent on their football team. Hey, Jared Cook, Sheldon Rankins, good players, certainly. But I don't look at them and go, oh my gosh, they're done if they don't re-sign those guys. You know, I like both of those players, but they are really well set up. I I think the only thing I look at is figuring out the quarterback situation. And then after that, I think the the next thing I would look at, Mike, and just you tell me if you agree, disagree, whatever – a little bit more of an explosive element at the wide receiver position. I think that would be the next thing I would look at. If I look at anything with the Saints, and if you're going to have Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, one of the things that's been holding the Saints back the last few years, and especially when it comes to playoff football, and we've hit on this a lot, they can make the defense defend the whole field. The defense knows Drew Brees is not going to be, you know, Johnny explosive arm and make big throws. And teams tend to creep up towards the line of scrimmage and they take away the run game and a lot of the great short passes that Sean Payton's so great at creating for that offense. And they've missed that element. And I think we know, and just the way that we've seen games called, it, you could tell that frustrates Sean Payton or, or that offense in general. So if I just looked at one area on the offense right off the bat, hey, we got Michael Thomas, we got Alvin Kamara, they can work the short, the middle of the field in the passing game. Traquan Smith, of course, does have some speed. There's no doubt about it. But that explosive element of their offense has been missing, and that, to me, would be one piece that I would like focus on more than anything, especially if there's no Drew Brees and now we have a quarterback that can throw bombs and deep outs and all those things once again. And the only way to find that may be in the draft, although Deshaun Jackson is now available when he's healthy, he could provide that explosion that they would need to get the ball down the field. And the question is having a quarterback who can get the ball down the field. You mentioned Taysom Hill. You mentioned Jameis Winston. Here's a little of Sean Payton on his two options at replacing Drew Brees if slash when, when Brees retires. First with Taysom in-house, we've had him, but he had a chance to play more in that role this year. Uh, and, and I thought he had a fantastic season, not just when he was in that role, but he's one of our better football players, period. Uh, he's explosive. Um, there's a physicality that he brings when, when, when he's in the lineup, either at quarterback or running back or in a receiving mode. Um, and then our exposure to Jameis was, was fantastic. And, and I know he's a free agent, but, uh, but he's someone that, that I, I think uh, we're really excited to work with. Now that means we've got work to do still. And, and I, I think he feels the same way. So um, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, those two guys for sure. There was some raving by Peyton during that interview from Super Bowl week about Jameis Winston, which would make me very nervous when you consider he's not signed and you don't want other teams who are scouring the earth for an upgraded quarterback to say, hey, you know what? Maybe Peyton's on to something with Winston. And, you know, is there a Jedi mind trick going on here? I don't know. He had a full year to evaluate Winston behind the scenes. 
when the time came for a replacement for Drew Brees, it was Taysom Hill. Now, Peyton explained at the time that he had promised Hill that it would be him, that he would get that chance to play if there was an opportunity. And he's promised Winston an opportunity to compete for the starting job, but first Winston has to re-sign. And you know, that that's one of the things we have to wait and see whether or not it happens. The Saints way over the salary cap, sixty-nine million in excess that they have to trim before they can even think about signing Jameis Winston. So that that's part of the challenge. What kind of relationship do they have with Winston? And is he willing to forego other opportunities to stay with the Saints, compete for the starting job? resurrect his career and maybe become the guy that he never really was with the Buccaneers and only he knows yeah. whether or not he's willing to do that yeah that, that that's right uh, well uh, let's let's go back to last year when you know he did get left by the Buccaneers I know we had many conversations about you know we both heard from people where I, I think you know people were a little taken back uh, taken back by what they saw on film from Jameis Winston last year when he became available I think a lot of teams went whoa He's a little better than I thought. I know it's all these turnovers, but holy crap, look at all the plays he makes everywhere. This is unbelievable. He makes a ton of plays. Now, to the next part, like your question with him, you know, do you want to go somewhere and, you know, okay, maybe be a starter or do that? I would say no. Negative Ghost Rider. Stay right where you are. Stay right where you are. Why? Because, one, you're with one of the godfathers of quarterbacking, right? He's the man. I mean, just it doesn't matter. When Drew Brees is hurt, the next quarterback comes in and he throws 70% and 300 yards and touchdowns and no interceptions. So he's amazing that way at making the game easy for a quarterback. He can rebuild Jameis Winston's image around the NFL, the perception of him, everything about that. And I think it's best for Jameis Winston. Again, like to you're saying, learning football, learning those things to maybe stop the turnovers, all of that. And... You're going to get a chance to compete. Plus, on top of that, I would go, even if you lose the competition, Taysom Hill, we saw this year, he got banged up a few times. If he if he's a starting quarterback and you're a good backup quarterback or a fringe starter, to me, that's the kind of guy you'd go, and that's the kind of situation you'd go, I'd, I'd want to be there. You know, not, not hoping that Taysom Hill gets hurt, but knowing that he plays the quarterback position like a car crash running back at times and he, he could very easily be the starting quarterback and not play a long period of times because he hurt his knee or his shoulder or something like that so I would think that really that would what would, would, is what I would take into account if I'm Jameis Winston right now that would at least be my two cents I don't know do you agree with that thought or not the trick play that they stole from the Bears from the wild card right. round and used against the Buccaneers in the divisional round Jameis Winston's the one who got to throw it. And and it was so clunky how it all set up because Winston comes in from the sideline. Like, so you know something's up. Yeah. And it, and Winston's not under center. Like, something's going on here. And the next thing you know, he has the ball and he's throwing that touchdown pass. I just wonder whether or not that was a little nugget yeah, right, that right. Sean Payton gave to Jameis, both as a thank you for what had happened and as a – this is just a taste – of how I do things. And it's well known that Peyton is always looking for ideas on plays that will match up well against a given defense. And, oh, it just turns out the trick play that was used against them unsuccessfully by the Bears because the ball was dropped in the end zone for what would have been a dramatic touchdown that may have changed the complexion of the game. Right. Winston's the one who gets to throw it, not Taysom Hill. I'm intrigued by that possibility of Peyton – having both Hill and Winston, Winston as the starter and Hill in the Taysom Hill role for a year. And then we see where it goes from there. Yeah. I I, I mean, I would have no problem with that. If I'm Jameis Winston, I certainly wouldn't. I think it would be best for his career. And I'm interested to see, you know, with that, with Taysom Hill at quarterback and what they do. I really am. I, I, was, I have gotten the sense just by, the last year and a half of, you know, listening to Sean Payton, who we both follow very, you know, closely, and he's he's a very honest interviewer, that he he's he wants to try this Taysom Hill offense out, 
and they're built to play that way in a lot of ways. They got one of the, they got one of the best offensive lines in football, if not the best. It's like the Bucks; they can just overpower people. So you have him with Kamara and Latavius Murray, and now it's Taysom Hill running the ball, and we don't know which way is going what, and where, who's got the ball, and he's running and now throwing deep passes down the field and doing all of that. I think Sean Payton can develop a hell of an offense that way and that style, certainly. And they're set up to play that style of football. Uh, so, really, when you break down this team in a lot of ways, I, I don't look at any one area and go, uh, they really need it. Pass rusher? Okay, yeah. You know, we got a guy like Cameron Jordan. He's getting up there in age. Marcus Davenport hasn't worked out, right? Not, not to the extent they wanted it to. So, maybe that's something they look at. You know, middle linebacker, Demario Davis getting old, Quan Alexander's there. You know, maybe they look to get a little younger there, but they do have a guy like Zach Bond who they got in the second round last year out of Wisconsin. So, again, unbelievably orchestrated roster to where, I, again, I'll, I'll just say to you, Mike, and please correct me if I'm wrong or anything like that, do you really look at them in any one area and go, wow, they're weak there. They need to fix this. It's really, again, like the Bucks, a lot of just icing on the cake and refining things more than not. Maybe getting a little younger at safety because Malcolm Jenkins is coming to the end. But it's things like that. It's nothing like really, really glaring that jumps out to me at least. The question becomes how much of that roster gets left by the wayside because of the salary Yeah, they're cap. in a tough spot. Excess. Yeah. Look at that. Holy right now, $65.2 Now, they picked up a lot with the Drew Brees restructuring uh, and reduction by $24 million in cap space for this year. But they got a lot of work to do. And there's going to be some recognizable names that are no longer members of the Saints if they don't work out new deals that dramatically reduce their cap numbers. So that's where they're going to have to do some work. And look, this is a team that had, if I recall correctly, and there's a chance I don't, 49 wins in four years, the first time a team has had that many wins and hasn't made it to a Super Bowl. The question is, with Sean Payton still in charge of that team, will they be back in the mix again? And I would not pick against this team. It's going to be like the last four years. A little bit of a slow start. We wonder what they really have. And then they hit a groove, and it's win, it's win, it's win, it's win. And they're definitely going to have – a chip on their shoulder and or a stick up their butts over the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. That's going to drive them throughout the offseason. The guys who come back who were there last year, who were 2-0 and against the Bucs in the regular season, they're going to be extra salty about getting their cracks at the Buccaneers this year. Who knows? Maybe they'll get first crack at them right out of the gates. Week one, Thursday night football on NBC. But that that is going to be part of the motivation, I think. For, yeah. the, for the Saints, Chris, in, in 2021, a big part of it. No doubt. Last thing I'll say, and I, I think you just kind of said it there. Re really, with the Saints, it's more about, yeah, who are those guys we look at that we think they're going to trim the fat, right? Who are the guys that we go on their roster and look at them and go, would they make a move there? Would they do that? And I, again, I, I, yeah, I just there's some guys on their roster where you look at and you go, okay, this guy's making a lot of money. And are they going to bring him back at this point of his career? And the dead, the dead cap hit is not that extensive to where I really think that's more of what to look at with, with the, the New Orleans Saints here is who are those veteran players that could end up being on the outside looking in here because they're just too expensive going into 2021. And something I just thought of, and, and I'll mention this real quickly, the, the idea of going to a big-name player who's due to make a lot of money and have a big cap number this year and say to him – You've got to take less or we're going to cut you. Usually what happens in a situation like that, the agent will shop the player, even though it's tampering, it happens to other teams to see what they will pay. The problem is until we know what the cap is, these other teams aren't going to know what they're going to be able to pay. Right. It may be that these situations get forced toward you just have to cut the guy and then see how it shakes out after the fact. We may see that more than usual because what happens a lot of times is the guy's agent shops around and realizes, hey, his best play is to take the reduced contract with his current team. That may be hard to do this year until we know what the cap is. It'll be impossible to do until we know what the cap is. Let's take a break. We'll continue to look at the rest of the NFC South, Panthers-Falcons, when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right, the Carolina Panthers, great receiving core, trying to upgrade at the quarterback position. We talked about that earlier in the program. David Tepper, the owner of the team, is obsessed with getting a franchise quarterback. They tried Matthew Stafford. They're trying to Sean Watson. They're going to move on to somebody else if they can't get to Sean Watson. And they're going to keep trying and trying and trying, Chris, until they have a franchise guy throwing to those receivers. Quarterback aside, rank the Panthers' offensive weapons right now. Top third, middle third, or bottom third of the league? Uh, top third. I don't even have to hesitate with that. I really don't. Now, Curtis Samuel, he's a free agent, right? That that will be interesting, and I think that's one guy I look at to go, all right, what happens there? What kind of money is he going to command on you know the open market? They do have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. They got to think about pay- paying DJ Moore here probably at some point too. DJ Moore has quietly become one of the best receivers in football uh, that really nobody knows about. And, of course, Robbie Anderson – you know, got away from the Jets, and everybody saw his talent that he can offer to a football team last year too. So when they have Curtis Samuel, I definitely think top third in football. In fact, I would go top five in football probably when you really lay it out. That's why the Deshaun Watson thing I think is very intriguing there. Did they sign Curtis Samuel, re-sign him? I don't know. You know, that's, that's all going to be like the salary cap we talked about and all of that. But offensively, skill position, man, I, I would want to play quarterback there if I was still playing. Hey, they're clearing that cap space for one reason, to try to go after Deshaun Watson, but the other reason is it does create the opportunity to keep Curtis Samuel, and that becomes more important if one of the other two receivers ends up somehow, some way in the trade package to Houston if the Panthers are able to work that out. One year in for Matt Rule as the head coach of the team after he turned around Temple, turned around Baylor in the process of trying to turn around the Panthers. Where would you rank him as an offensive game planner with those same parameters? Top? Middle, bottom third. I, I would get again. I'd go top, top third. I really would. I was very impressed with how that team was coached all year. And you know, Matt Rule. It, it, of course, we know it's it's Joe Brady, right? He's the offensive game planner. But everything I know about Matt Rule is, you know, he's got a little bit of that that Bill Parcells part about him. He's not sitting there going like, okay, this is the game plan this week. He's going, wait, we need to do this this week. We need, hey, Joe, we, we can really take advantage of this. Hey, Joe, we got issues here. How are we going to protect against that? You know, I think that's where he is great. He's got a great overall feel for the game, talent level, communication. I'm a big fan of what I saw from Matt Rule in year one. I really am. So I look at that offense too. They can do it all. We saw them be very, you know, Different approaches, definitely, but certainly found ways to make explosive plays and, and make things happen on the offensive side of the ball week after week. Their big thing to me is just on the offensive side of the ball is the O-line. That, that's really, when you just look at it, that's the one area that they got to figure out. You know, they got a guy in Taylor Moten uh, who played right tackle for them, who is a really good football player, okay, but he's a free agent. They got to make sure they keep him. They got Russell Okung, who they traded for the Chargers at left tackle. Are they going to keep him? They did draft a first-round tackle two years ago, Andre Dillard. Uh, yeah, well, Greg Little, excuse me. I'm getting my t- first round t- from Ole Miss, who didn't start last year, didn't play. So that's, to me, when I just look at the Carolina offense, they got to figure that out right there, just as far as their offensive line, their tackle position, how are they going to orchestrate that going into this, this 21, 2021 season? But that's really the only issue I look at on the offensive side of the ball, at least. Last and quite 
possibly least in the NFC South. A couple of questions about the Atlanta Falcons who are in the midst of something. Rebuild, reload, regroup. Rebuild, I don't know. Yeah. But let's start with Matt Ryan. This top third, middle third, bottom third. He's right on the he's right on the cusp at number eleven. Is he more likely to get to the top third this year or fall to the bottom third with this new offense and new team? I think he's I think he's gonna stay in that that top top third, right around there. And I, I don't you know, again, he was one of those guys, it was tough, like, oh man. Is he a top 10 quarterback? Where, you know, where is, okay, man, he's just on the outside. He still offers a lot of big time football. You know, I, I, I do, I do think that. And then with Arthur Smith, who again, I would think is going to start trying to build through the running game and that's going to make life easier on Matt Ryan too. Matt Ryan played in an offense like that with Kyle Shanahan. It was built through the running game and Matt led to great Matt Ryan stats and an MVP year. So, uh, I, I still think he's, again, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks. He really is. I think he's just on that outside of that top 10, and I expect it really to start that way in 2021. Feels like he's been around forever. He turns 36 on May 17th, so he's still got some years left, and he's got some great stats he's built up during his career. Falcons defense held the Chiefs to 17 points in December. Are they top third, middle third, bottom third? I, I, I don't look at them as top third. I, I you know A lot of the ways when I look at their defense, I think the one thing that jumped out to me more than anything was like the great game planning by Raheem Morris you know, through the year. I didn't necessarily look at the talent level and go, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. You know, the defensive line, they did it with a lot of, you know, smoke and mirrors. They really did, I thought. It was creativity. They, to me, that is one of the things I'm looking at. Secondary, not very good other than A.J. Terrell. You got a guy in Keanu O'Neal who's a free agent, been hurt. He's awesome when he's healthy, but he's hurt a lot. They got a lot of work to do in the secondary, and now it's Dean Pease. You know, so they've gone from this 4-3 defense of Seattle scheme, speed, shoot the gap, do all that. Dean Pease is going to coach a different style. So I would think that there's got to be a little bit more of an adjustment to get bigger. You're going to have guy defensive linemen that can two-gap and do things like that. They got two good linebackers in uh, Devin, uh, you know, uh, what Deion Jones and and Aluakwan, who are unbelievable football players. But I do think there's some work on that defensive side of the ball for sure. We're going to take a break. When we return, our draft from Monday is going to be the most important people in the entire NFC South division for the purposes of the 2021 offseason. We'll do that next right here on Pro Football Talk. Tom Brady wonders what he's supposed to do for the next five months. Well, he could drink more avocado tequila. I mean, it's the irony in him saying that. The guy who never takes a day off, who's already back to work, what are you supposed to do? Keep working. Keep eating a bunch of food that no one else wants to eat. Keep getting up early in the morning and doing your pliability exercises. Keep doing everything you do to have yourself ready to go. Don't try to be relatable at this point. It's too late, Tom. You're not going to be relatable to the average person that's wondering what they're going to do for the next five months. We're going to lay around and do nothing. You're going to bust your ass every day. Come on. I, I, I hear you. He is going to bust his butt every day. And he, listen, he's the man. He's the legend. I mean, there's nothing more to say about it. Get to work, TB12 style, and, geez, he is going to be one of the most important people in the NFC South as far as this draft is concerned. Well, and that's the draft we're going to get to. The first pick is on the line, Chris. We had a little segment earlier, a trivia contest. Who did you throw your first touchdown pass to in your career? The answer was Michael Clayton. Now the question is, for the first pick in the draft, who is the last person who caught a Chris Sims touchdown pass? Whoa, th that's what's the that's what's like really weird. I, I'm a football historian, except when it comes to myself. I don't really give a damn about my own. Um, wow, Ooh, who is the last person? Hold on a second here. Um, I'm gonna go with. I think it's Ike Hilliard. Apparently, it was in the spleen game. Uh, oh, it was Joey was Galloway in the back pass. of the end zone. Joe Galloway. Yep, that's right. Too a little play-action right. pass. We were down close to the goal line. I was already with a bursted spleen, but threw a dime. I mean, threw a dime. That's all I could say. Bursted spleen or not, <laughs> threw a dime, touchdown. Yep, no problem. <laughs> is it bursted or burst? Bur I, I, I burst. really don't know. Burst? I don't know. Either way, it was know. all messed up. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I got to go with Tom Brady. I, he's clearly the most important. What he does this offseason, staying in shape, keeping the guys together, all the workouts that he will 
will arrange and gather the players to have them ready to go when they are back on the field officially, whenever that may be. Off-season program, maybe not. Training camp, most likely. Uh, and, and the influence he'll have in keeping guys there and convincing Gronk to stay, convincing Antonio Brown to stay to the extent that someone else may be interested in him, keeping other guys around, and if anyone leaves, luring replacements and upgrades to Tampa. They're going to be in a great position to repeat because he is going to want that. I mean, some will say, well, okay, yeah, he got lucky this year. If he could do two in a row after leaving New England, there's no luck involved, and he's going to be even more determined, I think, to win it this year than he was last year. Well, I mean, he's certainly important. There's no doubt. I mean, gosh, the way he's played, you know, what to expect of him this next year at that age. And you're right. He's going to have, you know, something to say about how that team is built or or stays together here as far as free agency is concerned because, yeah, I mean, everybody who might be looking to go, I don't care, I want to play on a team and I'll take less to go play on a really good team, they're going to look at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers as like, you know, that's that's the number one team I'd like to go to, and that's, of course, the Brady effect. So I hear you there. I'm going to go to a GM. I'm going to go to the GM of the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go to Scott Fitterer because they're, they're looking for a quarterback. They're looking for a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's unfollowed them on social media. He knows he ain't coming back. They're going to do something. And I look at that to go, what happens? Are they going to make a move? And the draft, are they going to trade up? Are they going to just going to sit where they are and take who comes to them at quarterback? Or are they going to make a move here, you know, and get a guy that's more established that's already, you know, a player in the NFL, a la Deshaun Watson? So to me, that's one of those I look at because if they do get a Deshaun Watson or, you know, some sort of a proven entity there, that is a team I would look at, like we talked about earlier. I just go, watch out. Uh, there's a lot of pieces in place there to, to think they could be one of those teams that jump right into the playoff scene here in 2021. So I'm going to go with Scott Fitterer. Yeah, and, you know, I had David Tepper on my list. Same reasons. I right. feel like he's the driving force behind this. Fitterer is the one who's going to make it happen. Tepper is the one who is saying, do it, do it, do it. Remember, Fitterer came from Seattle, so you never know when that well – timed phone call is going to happen to John Schneider if the relationship between Russell Wilson and right. the Seahawks deteriorates over the course of the offseason. That is to be determined. Next one for me, Sean Payton. I know Mickey Loomis is the GM of the Saints, but Sean Payton is the guy who gets what he wants. He shops for the meal, shops for the groceries, and cooks the meal, Bill Parcells style. He's going to have to figure out which ingredients he can throw out of the recipe and still cook a meal because of that cap situation that they have. Who do they really need? Who can they do without? Can he talk guys into taking less? What's he going to do at quarterback? These are all things that are going to be within his purview, and those decisions are going to go a long way toward determining whether or not this Saints team is still going to be a major factor both in the division and in the conference, Chris. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I, I really do. I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I've, I'm going to go the same angle there. I, I was going to just go with the Saints quarterback. Just whoever's the Saints quarterback, that to me is going to be one of the important things of the offseason. Who is that going to be? Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, you know, who's it end up being? And then how do they, like you said, formulate that team around them? So I am going to still go with that because I, I, I don't know. That's what I was going to pick anyway. So I'm just going to ride with it. But either way, like we talked about too, this is one of the best teams in football. They're set up. So now it's okay, how can they set up whoever that's going to be as their starting quarterback, and where do they go from there? And I just look at that to be certainly like a, a, a monumental thing as far as dictating the NFC South and the NFC in general. For my next one, I was going to go one way, then I decided to go the other way, and then I remembered when uh, – then I remembered what – what Rich McKay and Arthur Blank said when they had a press conference after firing their last GM and head coach, that basically where they go from here is going to be up to the GM and the coach. So I'm going to tie Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith together, GM and head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. they got some big decisions to make about the present and about the future. And we've heard the reports that they're going to keep Matt Ryan, they're going to keep Julio Jones. Either way, they're in a cap mess. Fontenot made the rounds last week suggesting they're targeting quarterbacks. Are they going to bring in young guy in what would be then Matt Ryan's last year or maybe two with the Falcons. How are they going to make this work where they have a team that's good enough for now but that is building for the future? They're in kind of a weird spot because they're not far off from contending with the guys they have. The question is how quickly are they going to pivot 
to new guys. And Fontenot's going to be the guy who's out there looking for the players. Smith is going to be the guy who's going to have to find a way to make it work. It's not going to be easy to have a clear vision for where the Falcons are. I think of all the teams in the NFL, I'm most confused about what the vision for the Falcons currently is, Chris. I, I would agree with that, too. I'm not sure where it's going to go. I think it's going to be a big you know, formula change on the defensive side of the ball, like you talked about with Dean Pease. You're right, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, they certainly, in my mind, they could have been justified in, you know, shopping them, maybe moving on to a new era, anything like that, definitely. So that will be, you know, very, very interesting to watch uh, as we move forward. So I, I hear you there. I'm, 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 I was, that was going to be my next pick, actually, and now I'm stumbling on what I want to quite do here. Four teams. I, I think, what would you say? Four teams, not hard. Four yeah, teams. Yeah, I know. No, I know. That's why I, well, it's hard is because I want to be a little more versatile in our, our picks. But I still think when it comes down to it, I'm just going to go with a general thing here. The Bucks free agents, their own free agents. I'm just going to go that way because, again, they're the Super Bowl winning team. We know that. They got a very intriguing free agent list with some of those football players. Which one's there. the most important? Which one's the most important? Which one do they have to keep? Shaquille Barrett. So if you made me name one, I'm going with Shaq Barrett. That's the guy, definitely. So if we want to put one on our graphic, that's right. Shaq Barrett's the guy I look at that will sway my thought of them a little bit if he goes. If he leaves, I'll go, well, that defense is still really good, but is it awesome still? I don't know. Or who are you going to replace with him? So I do look at him as being that, yes, that lightning rod piece of free agency for them that they have to keep, but let alone they're just their free agency. I think, can, of course, some of those guys leave. They're going to help out other teams, everything like that, and it'll dictate how, how much of a stranglehold they have on the South and the NFC in general. Big question for Barrett. Franchise tag or long-term deal, that's what they have to figure out. We'll be back with more right after this. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and his fiancée, Brittany Matthews. Baby girl Sterling born over the weekend, Chris. New existence for Patrick Mahomes. Everything in your life changes once you have that first child. I remember it well, even though it was 24 and a half years ago. Yeah, no, it is. It's a special moment. Congratulations to them. You know, we got a, a little Mahomey now. We got a little Mahomey, so maybe we have to make a song with him too. But uh, love Patrick Mahomes and congratulations. I, I, and, and you know what? I've got this flash forward 10, 12, 15 years from now. Sterling Mahomes playing some quarterback of her own. Don't write that off. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.